This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who've tuned in at this time. Continue to stay tuned in today as we're going to discuss a subject from the Bible that I believe is that over which there's so much confusion. We want to talk about Bible conversion today. Bible conversion. What does that really mean? What does the word conversion actually mean? Stay tuned as we discuss it today. Now, on our telecast today, we're offering a free Bible correspondence course, and I'd like to emphasize that this is free. We're not going to be sending a bill for it. We're not going to ask for money. So please, please uh, request the free Bible course today. Now that you might know more about the course and that you might know how to receive it, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'm reading now from Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 3. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And then Jesus called a little child to him and set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. This is one of the most remarkable texts that ever fell from the lips of Jesus. The, the disciples asked the question, Who is greatest? Who is the greatest in the kingdom? And the answer of Jesus shocked them. The answer was, Unless you are converted and become as little children, you'll not enter the kingdom. You see, Jesus lay before them the, the condition of entering the kingdom rather than the condition of greatness. Except you be converted. What is conversion? Well, I might point out that Bible conversion is not a change of opinion. An individual might be correct in their opinion and still not be converted. And conversion is not a change in your moral habits. There, there could be a change in your moral habits and you still may not be converted to Christ. Conversion is not benevolence. An individual might be very charitable toward other people but still not be converted to Jesus Christ. And conversion is not church attendance. Well, one might uh, sit in the, the meeting house every time the doors are open, 
but they still may not be converted to Jesus Christ. Studying and memorizing great portions of Scripture is not conversion. Although a person cannot be converted without doing so. But conceivably, a person might know a great deal about the Bible and still not be converted to Jesus Christ. What is conversion? Well, the word convert is used to describe changes that we understand. It really means change, to, to change something. For example, we speak of water being converted to steam. Rags are converted to paper, or wood can be converted to paper. Paper can be changed into books or converted into books. I read about a church building, and uh, the church building closed. That is, they ceased using it for a meeting house for the church. And that building was converted into an ice house. Cromwell was visiting a cathedral in England and he saw 12 statues. And he would ask, what are those? They said, well, those are the 12 apostles. And so he said, well, melt them down and make money out of them and send them out to do good. They were converted and used to help people. The word convert really means to turn. In Luke, the 22nd chapter, Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have thee that he may sift thee as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. Conversion involves a change in a person's life. Well, what is it that produces conversion? Well, some say that a direct operation of the Holy Spirit produces conversion. That is, that the Holy Spirit can operate on your heart separate and apart from the Word of God. If that's true, why should we waste our time in preaching the gospel? If the Holy Spirit can operate on my heart apart from the Bible, why, why do I need to preach the Bible? The fact is that the, the gospel, the Bible, is the power of God unto salvation. If, if conversion can be produced by the direct operation of the Holy Spirit, why should we send missionaries into foreign countries? Well, why not just pray that the Lord will send the Holy Spirit there? Why not just pray for the Holy Spirit to go? And if the direct operation is true, that is that men are converted through a direct operation of the Holy Spirit on their hearts apart from the Bible, who's responsible if men are lost? You see, that, that makes God responsible. Now the correct answer to the question, what produces conversion, is this. Conversion is affected by the Holy Spirit through the gospel. The conversion is affected by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. Listen to 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, by the Word of God that liveth and abideth forever. Then John chapter 15 
And in verse number 3, Now ye are clean through my word which I have spoken unto you. Then in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 15, For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers, for in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Begotten through the gospel. Not through some direct operation of the Holy Spirit on my heart, but begotten through the Spirit-inspired gospel of Christ, the Word of God. Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. In James the first chapter in verse 18, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Down verse 21. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. A man cannot be saved from his sins without being taught the word of God. A man must be drawn to Jesus Christ through the gospel of, 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 of the Lord. Listen to John chapter 6 and in verses 44 and in 45. No man can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets. Listen to it. And they shall all be taught of God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Who is it that can be converted to Jesus Christ? Those who have been taught. Those who have heard. Those who have learned. Those who have obeyed. You see, the idea that conversion comes through some direct operation of the Holy Spirit is in not in harmony with what the Bible teaches. Conversion is affected by the Holy Spirit through the gospel. Men are converted when they're taught the gospel. That's the reason Jesus said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, Mark 16, 15. And on the day of Pentecost, following Jesus' resurrection, when Peter preached the gospel on that day, there were 3,000 that were converted to Jesus Christ. Peter preached about Jesus and they said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And he said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises unto you and to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then, same day, that occasion, they that gladly received the word were baptized. And there were added unto them in that day about 3,000 souls. So here were people that were converted to Jesus on the, the, on the day the church began. 
And when they were baptized, Acts 2.47, for the remission of their sins, they were added to the church by the Lord himself. That's what produces conversion, not some direct operation of the Holy Spirit. But now let me ask a question. What changes take place in conversion? If, if conversion comes as a result of our being taught, what changes take place? Well, first of all, there is a change of our intellect. It is a change of intellect from a state of unbelief to a state of belief. How do men become believers? One man said faith is a miracle. No, faith is not a miracle. Faith comes as a result of our exposure to evidence. Faith comes as a result of our exposure to teaching. Listen to Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The way that we have that change of intellect from unbelief to belief is being exposed to the Bible. And then there is to be a change of life that is brought about by repentance. And of all of the changes that take place in Bible conversion, this likely is the most difficult one, because it demands a change in our lifestyle. It, it demands a change in the way I think, the way I talk, the way I act, maybe even the way I dress. It might even demand a change of, the, uh, of my associates. You see, there must be repentance if I'm truly converted to Jesus. Jesus said in Luke 13, 3, I tell you, neighbor, except you repent, ye shall all likewise perish. In Acts the 17th chapter, Paul is at Mars Hill and he's preaching to these people who were worshiping the unknown God. And in verse 30 he said, In the times of this ignorance God winked at. But now commandeth all men everywhere to do what? To repent. God wants people all over the world to repent of their sins. Well, what does that mean? The word repent means a change of mind, a change of heart for the better. If I'm doing those things that are wrong and I repent of it, I cease doing those things. Now the fruit of my repentance is doing the right thing. That's the fruit of my repentance. But, that, but for me to be converted to Jesus, I have to repent of my sins. I, I've sometimes said if, I, if, I have a, if I'm a thief and I've been robbing banks and I repent, not only do I stop robbing banks, the fruit of my repentance is that, that I carry the money back and I make restitution for what I have done that is wrong. You see, to be truly converted, there's that change of your intellect from, from being an unbeliever to becoming a believer. And there must be a change of your life brought about by repentance. But thirdly, there's a change of state from being out of Christ to being in Christ. Well, how important is it to be in Christ? Let me read a passage to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and in verse number 17. For if any man is in Christ... He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. They're new to who? New to the man in Christ. Oh, how important it is to be in Christ. You are a new creature, a new creation in Jesus Christ. Now, if that's the case... How do you suppose that a person gets into Christ? Well, let's turn over to the book of Galatians 
And we're looking now at the third chapter of Galatians. And we want to read verse 26 and 27. For you're all the sons of God. That's what we want to be, isn't it? If I'm converted to Jesus, that make, puts me in the family. And God is my father and I'm his child, I'm his son. We all, to all want to be the sons of God, the children of God. For you're all sons of God. How? Through faith. Through faith. Where? In Christ Jesus. Verse 27. For as many of you as were, this is something they had already done, as many of you as were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Well, what is involved in Bible baptism? Well, Bible baptism is a baptism that is in water. For example, back in the 10th chapter of Acts in verses 47 and 48, Peter asked at the house of Cornelius, Can any man forbid water, water, that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Spirit as well as we. And the next verse says, and he commanded them to be baptized. So baptism, Bible baptism, involves water. It involves an immersion in water. So he says, as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now that's how there's a change of state takes place. We have to have a change of un, from unbelief to belief, a change of life brought about repentance, and a change of state from being out of Christ to being in Christ. And when we're in Christ, we're new creatures. Let me read you a passage from Romans, the sixth chapter. And this is verse 3 and in verse number 4. Or do you not know that as many of us as were, this is still past tense, something they had already done, as were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death. So when we're baptized into Christ, we're baptized into his death. That is the benefits of his death. When he died, he shed his blood, John 19, 34. When they, his body was pierced by the soldier, there came forth blood and water. And he shed his blood in dying on the cross. Now let's go back and read verse 3 again. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death, that is, in the benefits of his death. It is when we're baptized into Christ that by faith we come in contact or reach that blood that washes away our sins. Now verse 4, Therefore we were, this is past tense, something had already done, we were buried with him, with what? Through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So, here's the change that takes place in conversion. In summary, we believe, repent, and we're to be baptized when we are truly converted to Jesus Christ. But after you do that, 
What, what do you do? What then? Well, there are some things that we need to remember once we have been converted to Christ. Once we become a believer, and once we repent of our sins and we acknowledge our faith in Christ, and as a penitent confessing believer, we are baptized into Christ and arise to walk in the newness of life, then there are some things that we need to remember. Number one, remember that you are a new creature. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 again. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. You need to remember that now you're a baby in Christ. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, 1 Peter 2 and 2. You need to also remember that once you're converted, this is a very critical time in your life. Paul warned in 1 Corinthians 10 and 12, let him that thinketh he standeth. Take heed lest he fall. But then he says in the very next verse, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. So it's going to be a critical time. You'll be, there will be dangers that will confront us, but God will see you through. And we also need to remember that once we are converted to Jesus, it's possible to fall. Absolutely. Or else why did Paul say, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. You cannot fall from a place you've never been, from a position you've never occupied, any more that you can come back from a place that you've never been. So you can fall. Let him that thinketh take, take heed, that he standeth take heed lest he fall. And then we need to remember that we are now a representative of Jesus Christ. And that's why Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.12, be an example of the believers. And when you're converted, this is what God wants you to do. He wants you to love Him more than anybody else. To love Him with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. He wants you to study the Bible, to study to show yourself approved. He wants you to pray. He wants you to assemble with the saints on the Lord's day, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, Hebrews 10, 25. And on the Lord's day, the first day of the week, He wants you to give as you have been prospered, 1 Corinthians 16, verse 1 and 2. He wants you to help save other people. He wants you to share with others what you have learned about Bible conversion. That's why Jesus said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Oh, Jesus said, Unless you're converted... You cannot enter the kingdom. So why are some not converted? Well, one reason is some people are not willing to turn from their sins. That they like what they're doing. They like their lifestyle. They, they like the way they talk. They like their habits more than they like Jesus. They're just not willing to repent of their sins. Some are not converted because they have their minds made up 
about what they're going to do and how they're going to act and what they're going to believe and, and they don't believe that the Bible is really what they need to be doing. They're prejudiced. And Jesus said in Matthew 13, 15, this people's heart is wax gross and their ears are dull of hearing and their eyes they have closed lest any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. They just, they just have their eyes closed and they have their spiritual fingers in their ears and they refuse to listen to Jesus. Some are not converted because, because their hearts are just too hard. Paul in Ephesians 4.19 speaks of those who are past feeling. They're insensitive to the message. And some are not converted because they wait until it's too late to turn to Jesus. Someone says, well, now, Brother Lambert, do you think a person can wait till it's too late? Well, why don't you ask the foolish virgins in Matthew chapter 25, who while the bridegroom was tearing, they slumbered and slept, and when they, the cry was made at midnight, the bridegroom's coming. And they rose and they began to trim their lamps, and the wise had plenty of oil in their lamps. The foolish did not, and they were told to go and buy for themselves. And while they went to get ready, while they went to make preparation, the bridegroom came and the door was shut. They waited too late. Oh, yes, you can wait too late. No, I want to say this. You cannot enter heaven without conversion to Jesus. Will you turn to Him today? Will you be converted to Christ? I may be speaking to some soul now in some distant place around the globe, maybe thousands of miles away from where I am right now. Maybe someone in Africa. Maybe someone in the Philippines. Maybe someone in Alaska. Someone in California. But I want to urge you to turn to Jesus today. Believe on Him with all of your heart. Be willing to repent of your sins. Confess that you believe in Him and be baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins. And He'll add you to His church family. Won't you do that today? Can I help you? Can I get someone to come to see you, to assist you in your being baptized into Christ? I want to thank you for watching today. And in the closing moments, may I urge you and invite you to visit the Church of Christ in your community. If you're not certain where it's located, let us know. We'll help you. And may I also in, in, encourage you right now to please, please call for the free Bible course. Thank you for watching and until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, 
Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles. <laughs>